Our modern world says it's up to you. It's your choice. You get to choose. You are your own. You belong to nobody. Nobody can tell you what to do or how to live. So it's your choice as to what will make you happy. In a 2022 commencement address at New York University, the high priestess of our modern age, Taylor Swift, I'm sure some of you are here too, um, passed on this advice to graduating seniors. And I know it can be really overwhelming figuring out who to be and when, who you are now and how to act in order to get where you want to go. I have some good news. It's totally up to you. I, have some I also have some terrifying news. It's totally up to you. It's totally and eternally up to you to figure out your happiness. Meaning is what you make it. Who you are, your identity, it's up to you. There's no good life to pursue. Purpose is up to you. There's no greater good to sacrifice for. There's just choice. You rule, you are alone, trust no one, good luck. This feeling alone, feeling isolated, is only growing. Robert Bella and a team of researchers investigated how Americans, Americans viewed themselves in contemporary society, and their results were published in 1985, so it's a little dated, but I think you can see it hasn't gotten better. The researchers identified two groups of self-understanding. This is who I am. They termed the first group utilitarian individuals. They see the goal of life, these kind of people, as being successful, as moving up the social and economic ladder, of being useful, right? utilitarian, whatever works. They can and indeed must improve by themselves alone. The world has competing interests and people need to look out for themselves to pursue success no matter the cost. Success will make you happy. It's whatever works. The second group of individuals are called expressive individuals. The key to good, the good life for them is feeling good. That's really the only criterion. Material success is not as important as it is in the utilitarian mindset. Rather, the material aspects of life are valuable only to the extent that they lead to personal happiness. The measure of an activity or choice of worthiness is the pleasure that it brings the person. So utilitarian individual is whatever works, right? whatever gets me ahead. Expressivist is whatever is making me happy. Right? So if things make me happy, then that works and that's what your motive is. Comfort here is the prime happiness, whatever feels good. Nobody should be surprised then that Americans are also lonely and isolated all by themselves, whatever works, whatever makes me happy. In a book published in, two th in the year 2000 called Bowling Alone, Robert Putnam tracks the loss of civic involvement in America. People used to be committed to community, clubs, groups, to be involved in civic affairs or join a bowling league. But more and more now people bowl alone. There's no league, there's no commitment, there's no friendships, just aloneness. They don't join the group, but they take Taylor's advice. It's totally up to you. If it doesn't pay, or if it doesn't lead to feelings of immediate pleasure, people probably won't do it. 
We live in a story where we shouldn't trust others. And even if we wanted to trust others, we couldn't because we don't know one another. There's no one to trust. And these studies were published before smartphones, before social media. These promises of connection has only put us in more, our own echo chambers, our own individual lives, where the promise of real community, but with none of its benefits. Social, and, social isolation and fragmentation haven't gotten better in the last 40 years, I don't think. Here's one example in the church, bring it home. It's hard for us to get volunteers for children's ministry, right? No surprise, most churches are, because it's about the individual. And if there's no covenant commitment to one another, then the choice we make is only on, will this immediately make me happy or will it work for you? I don't know if you've been around kids, but probably not, right? And so why would we do that? Or I'm in charge of my spiritual life. Nobody can tell me what to do. I'm not going to submit to some church. More broadly, Americans don't have friends to do activities with, to live alongside. So this feeling of perpetual disconnection, I don't feel connected. Well, you're, you're on your own. You're the individual. Theologian Mile Wertz describes our modern times of self-making this way. We must, he says, take on the burden of the world, carrying the weight of being self-made and self-sustained, of independent people. In many ways, this is the idea of maturity. To be mature is not to depend on anyone, to be alone. The crisis of anxiety among young people can't be blamed simply on this type of rogue individualism. There's much more complex factors at play. But individualism, individualism surely can't help. Imagine being launched into the world, an uncertain world, being unsure of yourself, unsure of who you are, of where to go, of what to do and knowing you can trust absolutely no one. I'm sorry to the Swifties out there, but that sounds more terrifying news than good news. Back to our question. What will make you happy? For many in our age, we think our desires, I know what will make me happy. Our desire will make, if I could get what I desire, I would be happy. We are on our own. So if I leave this marriage, that'll make me happy. Or once I get married, I will be happy. Or once I leave this job for a better job, I will be happy. Or once I go to college out of these menacing parents' house, then I'll be happy. Or once my kids leave the house, I'll finally be at peace. Whatever choice I make that leads to the least suffering, that will truly make me happy. The answer is different in Christianity, though, which puts us at odds in this modern world. It goes something like this. You were bought with a price. Your life is taken up into the crucified God. God's desire will make you happy, even if that may mean suffering or hardship. We do follow Jesus, a paradigm of faith, as somebody who's crucified. In the Lutheran Catechism, 
Shout out to the Lutherans. Here's how they talk about happiness. Or in their terms, comfort. This is the first question of their catechism. What is your only comfort in life or death? Which is to say, what is your happiness in life or in death? Here's their answer. That I am not my own, but belong both body and soul in life and death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has delivered me from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. Because I belong to him, Christ, by his Holy Spirit, also assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. The good life, then, the happy life, is not the manufactured life. It's not the life that you make on your own. You don't have to make all the right choices for a happy life. You don't have to make all the choices that lead to mobility or more options. Your holiness does not depend on your circumstance. You were bought with a price, and you are not your own. You belong to Christ. You can rest and lead the life that God assigned to you. Here's where meaning and purpose and happiness is. Your life is given. That's why Paul says, Only let each person lead the life that the Lord assigned to him and to which God has called him. He says, That's my rule in all the churches to lead the life assigned to you. It's why God calls Israel back in Jeremiah to return. They, they're in, the, in their sin, they want to hide and cover. They want to manufacture their goodness. They can clean themselves up a little first. Before God sees them, let's kind of work together, let's make ourselves a little bit better, and then we can return to God. And God says, return faithless. Do you feel like you don't have any faith? You feel like this isn't going well for you. He says, return to me. And I will heal your faithlessness. Stop hiding. God will heal wherever you are. And the exposure may be painful. It will feel like death. But there is comfort in this kind of dying. That God will heal you because you are not your own. That you've already been bought with a price. When Jesus calls his disciples, he doesn't ask them to clean themselves up first, to get their life in order, start making some good decisions. He doesn't choose those who have made the most of themselves. He goes to fishermen, and he says, follow me. You are not your own. Your life is not your own. And he asks the same of us. Follow me. I will heal you. You were bought with a price. You are not your own. You are forgiven. You belong. And you don't have to do anything to prove it. So we can start to rest. Amen.